And this morning, we shall be sharing together on the subject, the power of the gospel. The power of the gospel. If you do not know the efficacy of what you have, your confidence to use what you have will be impaired. If you know how effective what you have is, then it will give you a lot of confidence to use it. Hallelujah. Amen. You have a weapon in your hand, but you don't know how effective it could be. Then your trust in it, your confidence in it, will in one way or the other be diminished reduced, impaired. But if you get to know what it can do, that weapon you have in your hand can do, your boldness will, your boldness will increase in the use of it. Hallelujah. Amen. So today, we're looking at the power of the gospel. Turn with me to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter one. Look at what our brother Paul said in verse 16 of Romans chapter one. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jews first and also for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. The power of the gospel of Christ. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because I know what it can do. I know in it is the power, the ability of God Dynamics. to bring salvation for everyone who believes. Hallelujah. That's what the gospel of Christ can do. It can save people. It can bring salvation to people. Let me quickly say this before we go on in this message this morning. The gospel that we have been called to preach is not a scaremongering kind of message, in which case you scare people so that they can quickly take hold of it. No. Neither is it a coercive where you whereby you force people to say, no, you have to take this. No. Hallelujah. Amen. Because in itself, it has the power to do the job of salvation. Amen. Salvation is not even something you can force people to accept. You can force people to accept religion, but you cannot force people to obtain salvation. Hallelujah. We only have one weapon as the people of God to bring salvation. It's through the gospel.
We are not caught to a faith where you say the sword or the Bible. No, that's not our mission. Are you getting me? Because the gospel in itself has the power to do what it has been designed to do. If we know how to proclaim it effectively, hallelujah. That is the first point I want to make this morning. And we shall look at, and of course, when we talk about the gospel of Christ, you know that it's embedded in the word of God. It is the totality of the word of God. And we do need to just understand what the word of God is capable of doing. What the word of God is capable of achieving. Hallelujah. Jesus tells us very quickly in John chapter 6, verse 63. In John 6, 63. Jesus has this to say. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Hallelujah. The word that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The word of God is spirit and it carries life. Hallelujah. It's not, they are not dead stories. They are not dead letters. We must get that right. It does something. It's a spiritual weapon in itself. Amen. Amen. Our brother Paul, having the revelation of the word of God, tells us something about it in Ephesians 6. We're going to read a few scriptures today. But just quickly follow, in Ephesians 6, he was talking about the whole armor of God. And he got somewhere uh, where he told us what the word of God is. In verse 17, talking about the whole armor of God. He has this to say. And take the element of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. The Holy Spirit cannot even do so much without the word of God. The Holy Spirit is there to confirm the word of God, to empower the word of God, to make it alive, to accomplish what it ought to do. Hallelujah. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is one, but to be filled also with the word of God is another thing. If we want to be effective ministers of this word, excuse me, of this word, hallelujah. So you are filled with the Spirit, you are also to be filled with the word. And that's what uh, Colossians 3, I believe, verse 16 tells us. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. So as we are filled with the Spirit, we also need to be filled with the word of God. Because for the Holy Spirit to do its work effectively, it needs the word of God because that's the sword that he uses. But the point I want to make quickly this morning is that the word of God is a sword. 
it cuts. Are you following me? You cannot rub your, your hand on a sharp saw and not be caught. <laughs> it will do something to you. And so is the word of God. In the hand of the Holy Spirit, it has power to bring salvation. Let's quickly look at that again in Hebrews chapter 4. In Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 tells us, verse 12 is where I'm going. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it has this to say, for the word of God is living and powerful. The word of God is living. It's alive. It's, they are not dead letters. I've said that before. And it is powerful. Powerful. It's loaded with power. And sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the division of souls and spirits. And of joint and marrows. And it's a designer of the thought and intent of the heart. And there's no creature hidden from his side. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So we're looking again at the power of the word of God. The nature of the word of God. It is living, which means it carries life. And it gives life. Just as we read in John 6, 63. It is powerful because it does something to you. It does something to you. It brings an impact upon your life, upon people's life, whether we know it or not. Sometimes it is immediately obvious to us but sometimes it is not obvious to us. But what you must never do, and I must never do, is to think the word of God is just empty word. No. There are people that we have left with the word of God thinking nothing has happened to them. And many years later, they said that word never left me. I wanted to run away from it. I wanted to dodge it. But that word kept doing something in me and it has brought me to the point where I am now. Are you following me? Never underrate what the word of God can do. It is spirit. You might not have seen it physically, but it is doing something. When you speak the word of God to your children, when you speak over them, when you teach them, are you following me? You may not have seen anything yet, but I tell you, that word is a living seed. It will not return to God void. It must accomplish the purpose for which it has been sent. That's the power of the word we have been called to proclaim in bringing the good news of the kingdom of God to people. Hallelujah. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we must be confident in what the word of God can achieve by itself. On its own, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. And we shall see few examples in the word of God this morning. Won't be able to exhaust this, but it will challenge you to know what the word of God has done in lives. I remember in those days when we were studying the changed lives, just looking at men whose lives were changed by an encounter with the word of God. And I and what God just wants to do this morning is to create something in us so that we can build confidence in this world. 
I remember. In fact, I can give many examples. I remember when I was in Nigeria, I was on call and the whole place was quiet. There was nothing. And I was, you know, I was in ONG then doing my housemanship. It not sat in front of me. It was a Sunday morning. I couldn't go to church. So I was on call that weekend. And everywhere was, was quiet. There was nothing else. So if just one or two discussions between us, I don't even know who started, whether she started it or myself. I don't know. I can't remember. I didn't know anything had happened. I was shocked at the change that this nurse had from just little conversation. It wasn't a prolonged one. Are you following me? It was later I understood that this life has been permanently affected for God. Do, do, do you get the point I'm making? Permanently affected. There was another lady I met. We, we sat down, we chatted one evening like that. Didn't know what she was going through. Didn't know what had happened. The power of God, she had had the gospel before. She had worked with the Lord before. She had been born again before, but left. I didn't know. But you see, the word of God here, the reason I'm saying this is the, the word of God could discern her heart. It wasn't a planned thing. I, did, I wasn't saying, I'm going to meet this person and say this thing to this person. It just happened that in a random talk, well, not random, because that particular one was purposely for evangelism, but not that I had anything, I didn't know anything about her. I left, I didn't know anything had happened. The change was so dramatic that something it, in her home world, something hit her and she was changed permanently. Forever. I'm not talking about pulpit preaching now. That we can have so many, many testimonies, but I'm just talking about things that you would think, what has happened here? Nothing. But the word of God was deposited. It was dropped without force, without coercion. But brother, it did something. It did wonders. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm just giving you how powerful it is without a force. Even when you, 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 you did not sense that it was doing anything, yet it was working. And it did something that all could see. That is the power of the word of God. That is the power of the gospel that we are talking about. One, it brought salvation. The other, it brought restoration. We have, we have a very potent weapon in our hand, but hardly do we use it. And I'm challenging us even in an environment where people, you, you think people were resistant to the word of God. They don't want to hear. You don't have to force the word of God down the throat of anyone. But when we come to the issue of how to present the gospel, you will see how the gospel can come in, even in a normal conversation, in a normal conversation. Many times they will be the one to even start it. If people ask me, for instance, why are you different? Are you following me? Why, why is your life like that? Why don't you do that kind of a thing? That's an opportunity for me to bring in the gospel. Hallelujah. You ask the question. And if you won't truly want an answer, genuine answer, this is it. Do you get the point I'm making? Once we know how to present it, 
It doesn't take too long. It doesn't take hours and hours of discussion. No. If we trust God, the one who can discern the heart of every man, the one to whom nothing is hidden, the right word will come at the right time to address the need in their heart that you did not know anything about. You get the point I'm making? Many of us have access on our own to platforms, to uh, social media, where people are spreading hate speech and others. Do you know that a word, a little word you drop, somebody can read it and say, what? And that word will never leave them. I will tell us more how to make it potent. But let's not know that it, uh, uh, no, sorry. It is potent in itself, but how to make it effective in our own hands. It is potent in itself, but how does it become effective in our hand? Because you can carry a potent weapon, which is not effective in your own hand. But someone else will pick that same thing and it will be very effective in their hands. The word of God, living, powerful, active. It's not inactive. It's not passive. It penetrates. It does things inside the heart of people that externally might not have been visible. And I'm challenging us today to know the value, the worth of this gospel that has been committed to us. Before we talk about taking it forward, before we talk about sharing it with people, hallelujah. Let's now go back as we take a few examples of what the word of God is capable of doing, has the ability to do in the hand of the Holy Spirit. The word of God has the power to convict. The power to convict individuals, of sin and of righteousness. Hallelujah. It has the power to convict. Sometimes you struggle with people. Oh, don't you know what you are doing? This is sinful. This is No, you don't need that argument. The word of God in itself brings a conviction. Sometimes people, because people are convicted, they, can, they, are, they, they may be agitated sometimes to bring a defense, no argument. Just say what the word of God says and leave it there. Why go into argument with people? Speak the word. And these are things we must, we must avoid. Just speak it. You know what the scripture says? Someone to read that for me. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8. No, verse 5. Did I say so? Verse 2 uh, Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter 13. Yes, in chapter 13, I'm right, verse 8. For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. Because the word of God is the truth. You can't do anything against it. You can wrestle with it in your heart. You can debate it. You can do something. To make it look as if, no, I won't accept that. But the reality is that no one can do anything against the truth, but for the truth. 
Do you get it? The word of God is powerful because it's the truth which nothing can, nothing, no one can do anything against it. It's the truth that stands. And it will always stand to defeat all lies. It doesn't matter how many they have. How many lies going around, the truth will always stand to prevail. Jesus telling us, confirming this to us, said, you know, sanctify them, John 17, 17, with your word. Your word is truth. Are you following me? The word of God is the truth, and nobody can do anything against it. But let me come to the issue of conviction. The word of God brings conviction. If we present it in the way we should present it, if we present it in the way, in the power of the Holy Spirit, the way it should be presented, there's one thing that will always happen. There is one thing that it will do. Because it's a sword that cuts. That's where the power of conviction comes in. It cuts people to the heart. It cuts them to the heart. You look at it. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, you will hear what it is. So it has the power to convict. That's what I'm looking at. The power to convict. Don't go into argument with people. Leave the word there. Sometimes we may just say, okay, if that is what you believe and you think, I leave it there. But this is what the Bible says. Full stop. And you are gone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. There will be no fight in that. Would there be a fight in that? No. If that is what how you see it, you know my popular word, may the Lord give you understanding. Full stop. It's only when we want to use the power of the flesh to coerce people that we go into all those kind of things that we don't need. Because that word, I know that it will do something. It will do something. The seed of life has been sown. The truth has been spoken. It will defeat every lie of the devil and of the world. Look at it. In Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2 tells us this. After Peter, in the power of the Holy Spirit, had preached, look at what the people say, said, rather. Verse 37 of chapter 2. Now when they heard this, they were caught to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Effective presentation of the gospel. Brought out his power. I hope you knew the background of the people we're talking about. These were people who were very critical at the beginning. Oh, these are drunkards. They, you know, they become drunken. That's why they are speaking all these strange languages. But look at where the gospel brought them to. A point of conviction. What do you think we must do? argumentative people, the word of God in itself. They were not under duress. They were not under coercion. They were not under force. Something, the Bible said they were caught to the heart. Deep inside of them, their conscience became pricked. I'm sure some will have walked away, even with the conviction, because that's also not by force. 
But majority said, we have to do something with this. And that is the way the word of God is. There's no time to struggle with people. There's no time to, to get into long debate and argument with people. Speak the word only and leave it there. Are you getting the point I'm making? They were caught to heart. They became convicted. And that's the job of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Turn with me to John 16. I'm, I'm being very systematic in the presentation of this simply because we have many young people amongst us who may not know where all these scriptures are. I know some of you are older in the Lord, you know where all of these scriptures are. But we are dealing with a wide range of people. People at different levels in their journey in the faith. Let's show everyone where these things are in the scriptures, in the Bible. Look at it, what the Holy Spirit will do. And we can see the Holy Spirit using the word preached by Peter to do just that on the day of Pentecost. Mm. As you said, to present the word of God to people, pray about it and say, Holy Spirit, I'm just going to leave this in your hand. I'm not in the business of arguing. I just want to leave this, use it the way you want to use it. Make it powerful, make it effective. Let the effectiveness of the gospel be felt as I present this simply to those who are listening to you, whether it's one on one whether it's to a group of people. Look at it. Jesus talking in verse 12, still I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth, the word of truth in the hand of the spirit of truth, what a marriage has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak in his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you the things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I say to you, he will take of mine and declare it to you. Praise God. Praise God. I've jumped the verse. Actually, verse 8 is where I wanted to go. Verse 8 says, and when he has come, talking about the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Mm -hmm. So he will convict the world of sin. It is not your duty to convict anyone of sin. If the Holy Spirit does not do the job, if we don't present the word of God, the gospel that has the power to convict people, the way it should, we'll be, we'll be in argument forever as to what is right and what is wrong. But what we are saying here, just like in that Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, where it said, in, in the word, in the gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed that is made plain to everyone. That's verse 17 of Romans 1. The same thing here, the word of God is capable of showing sin for what sin is. It's capable of showing righteousness for what righteousness is. And it is in that people are brought to conviction. Hallelujah. And as a church, call good news church. We must know how to present this good news in a way that it is not degenerating into argument, but we are leaving the word of God, committing the word of God to every man's conscience. Are you following me? And let people make, do whatever they want with it. But what I know is that the word of God does not just convict. That's the second point I'm going to. It has the power to convert. Hallelujah. It does not just have the power to convict because then that will leave, leave people in guilt. But the purpose of God is not to leave people in guilt. It's to lead. The purpose of conviction is to bring, is to lead to repentance, 
that leads to conversion. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. When people are convicted, it brings them to the point of saying, Lord, what must I do? What must I do? Just like these people did. And Peter pointed them in the direction of what to do in that Acts chapter 2 that we read. Can somebody read verse 38 of it for me? So the power to convict is in the, is in the hand of the Holy Spirit. And the power to convert through repentance. The Holy Spirit does that. As people open up their heart, some will still rebel, some will still be hardened, no problem. But reality is that deep within them, they cannot deny that they have been struck by the truth in their heart. You get the point I'm making? But a large number of people will go back. Even if they didn't tell you anything there and then, I'm telling you a large number of people will go back and that seed sown will never die until they have responded to it. So it has the power to lead to repentance and conversion. Verse 38. Acts 2, 38. Then repent and let everyone of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Can you see that? Repent. Repent. And the Bible says, you know, the Bible tells us that a number of them repented. And how many on that day alone? 3,000 souls were brought under the convicting power of the word of God. And the same word of God, you know, brought them into conversion. Hallelujah. Led to repentance and brought them to conversion. A change of direction in life. A change of orientation. That's what the word of God can do. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The word of God in the hands of the Holy Spirit. Wow. And proclaimed by the mouth of the believers. It's a mighty weapon. It is a mighty, mighty weapon. Amen. Amen. I'm sure I knew we can't, we can't finish this today, but it's good we are going the way we are going, just for everyone to know and develop confidence in this. You know that it may just be one verse that you've read to the hearing of somebody. I said, let me just read this verse. Maybe it will make a sense to you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And you read it and the person keeps wondering, what kind of verse is this? I remember one day we were on the street, you know, just evangelizing. And a man, I won't tell you the, his background, you know, was trying to pick an argument. And I recited one word, said, where is that in the Bible? Are you sure that is in the Bible? I said, it is there. I showed him. Every argument ceased. He said, okay, I'm going to go and read this. I'm going to find it and read it myself again. Nothing had happened, but I knew that man. What happened at that moment? Because I saw the way he was going, and I was just saying, Lord, <laughs> don't let this thing go beyond this. And I read, and I just quoted one word. He said, are you sure that is in the Bible? I said, it's there. Go and check it out for yourself. Hallelujah. Amen. To convert, to change heart. That's what it means. A change of heart. Conversion is a change of heart. To change heart. To change reasoning. To change thinking. To change perception. And change direction. Mm -hmm. Going this way. 
and then the word of God just turned you around completely. The power, the power to convert. The power to convert. Let me give one more that is closely related to that, and I'll give the last one, and we'll pray because of time. It has the power to translate, to change your location. It has changed your heart. It can change also your location, where you are residing before and put you into another location completely to translate people. And you know the scripture I'm looking for. To translate people, change their positioning from darkness to light. Hallelujah. From being under the, the domain of darkness, the power of darkness to light, where everything is plain. Are you, are you following me? Where there's a sense of clarity and direction. Many people are living in darkness. They can't appreciate what you are talking about. In the darkness, people can't appreciate things the way they should be appreciated. You need light to see clearly. But the power of God has the power to take people from where they are into another. If I have several of us to give testimonies right now as I'm talking, you will understand what I'm talking about. There were people who had, who had been rigid about certain things. That's what they believe. That's the direction they are going. Nobody could convince them that that was not the right direction. Then suddenly, when the word of God came, it came with the power of light. It shined light in their heart. And they were changed from the position where they were under the covering of darkness, and they came into light. Where they, they could see everything clearly and plainly. That the things they had argued about before became no issue for them at all. Which are pick, you know, lives, examples of life in the scriptures, and maybe give room for testimonies of people, even among, amongst us here. Let's look at what it said, Colossians chapter one. Colossians chapter one. Brothers, don't forget our goal for this morning. Our goal is to build confidence in us, in the potency of the gospel of Christ, the word of God. And we must allow the word of God to do what the word of God alone can do in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Colossians chapter one, verse 12 says, giving thanks to the father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Hallelujah. And conveyed us, translated, translated us into the kingdom of the son of his law. In whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. Can you see the translation? From the power of darkness. From being under the domination, the control. the deception of darkness and translated into the kingdom of light where they can partake of the inheritance of the saints, the thing that belongs to the people of God. The word of God has that power in itself to do it. To do it. I could have picked the example of Brother Paul. But today, I'm not going to do that. We'll come there when, we, when, we, when it comes to presenting the gospel. Or at another time when we want to talk about change lives to the power of the gospel.
the last one I'm going to pick today. The power to transform life. It translates, it transforms. The power to transform lives. From who you know them to be, or you knew them to be, to who they are. Hallelujah. The power of the word of God is so, is so that it changes life. It transforms. And when it has worked in the life of a person or a people, you cannot believe the change you are seeing. It has the power to make sinners saints, to transform them. I'm talking about transformation. The power is the power in the word of God to transform, to change the form of a person that they will barely be recognized by people who had known them before. It turns rebels to become friends of God. Paul is a great example, and there are many others. The other day, I was listening to a man who was just ministering to a young, to a group of young people, how his life had been so destroyed by drugs, by belonging to gangs, by doing all manner of things that I don't even want to mention. And you will look at the same man and say, no, not this one. But surely the same person. Patronizing prostitutes, not just one at a time, he will book hotel to have a group of prostitutes in the same place with him. Are you getting the kind of thing I'm talking about? I listened to him myself and people knew him. He had been in jail, he had been released from jail. But one day, something hit him. He never recovered from it. It is called the word of God. In fact, it was under influence when it hit him. But he never recovered from it. Never. And now his commission is to help young people. Just to share his life alone on how the word of God has transformed him. Nobody could imagine that that was the man, except those who are new. And he was citing an example. That person sitting there knew what I'm talking about. They were the group of people praying for me. That other person died. Do you get the point I'm making? It is the, the power of the gospel to transform, to change people. Make the rebellious obedient to the word of God. Make rebels friends of God. I'll read the last scripture as we close now. Second Corinthians chapter three. Just the word, just expose the people to the word of God. After their conversion, you know, their conversion is a matter of the heart here. Yeah. But there's still a transformation, a lot of transformation work that God wants to do in the life of people to make them the kind of people he wants them to be. And that's what we want to see in our communities. See gang members who have been tormenting the city. Hit by the word of God and they are changed and they become change agents in the hands of the living God. Is that not what we want to see? Criminals becoming saints. Is that not what we want to see? Is that not what brings changes to society?
the power of the gospel of Christ. It transforms. I'm still talking about individuals. I'll talk about the, the, the power of that same world over communities and nations. But today, we round up with 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But I may read a verse before that. Okay, I will read from verse 16. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord Jesus, the Lord, the veil is taken away with that is the veil, the covering over the eyes of people, not to behold the truth of the gospel. It's taken away. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one glory, sorry, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. As people's eyes are open to the Word of God, the Word of God in itself, the Word of God in itself, as people behold it, it changes people from one level of glory to another, from one degree of glory to another. Romans 1, 17, we read, said, from the righteousness of God is revealed from me from faith to faith, from faith to faith, from faith to faith. Are you getting me? People are changed. People are transformed from one level to another, from one level to another. Families are changed. Communities are changed. Nations are changed. Brothers and sisters, we have a powerful weapon in our hand, more powerful than the atomic bomb which are meant to destroy lives. But this one is to change lives permanently and for all eternity. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let someone shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just shout a big hallelujah, hallelujah. to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.